0: Well, hey, it's Alex Keller. And I'm Mike. uh, And this is, as usual, the Filmtastic Voyage.
1: Starring Alex Keller. That's and me and Mike Hart.
0: I feel like I should come out of a curtain, <laughs> or like you know how like uh, that the uh, Robin comes out of like a fucking like drum in the very in the first cover of his appearance where it's like I need you to intro right. and the boy I wonder he like drums out of like a fucking like
1: hula like hoop. Like it's a fucking variety show. Yeah, we yeah. should do that.
0: <laughs> just get a bunch of hula hoops with like tissue paper and we'll just burst out of them.
1: Oh man.
0: For the for the for the film podcast, of course, not the audio. That doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Or we could just for our own amusement for the audio podcast. I don't know.
1: <laughs> are we, we're not taping right now, are we? This is just our own chatter. No, let's tape it. Whatever, fuck it. Okay. Well, hey, everybody, you got a little little extra, something special there. Um, welcome to the film fantastic voyage. It's that time of the week again, Wednesday, <laughs> where everybody <laughs> <laughs>
0: gross. <laughs>
1: You know, Wednesday's just that day where everybody's just sort of—they need a pick me up. You know, they need a little bit of boost. All right, boost your system. All right, there—you got to boost those numbers up, up, up. Uh, so you know, it's time to have some fun here at the Filmtastic Voyage, huh? Is that
0: yeah, right? Not Alex? like usual. <laughs>
1: not like usual. We're changing
0: things up this time. We're having some fun.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're for the, for the first time ever. We're having fun. Yep. Here on. Uh, the filmtastic voyage. Um, so, Alex, what's new, man? what's What's new with you since uh, our last episode? Oh, nothing much. Um, there's a lot of fun casting news going on. Really? What kind of casting news? Well, this is, is kind of old
0: news, but it was worth funny. So, you hear about uh, Alec Baldwin in the Joker movie? Oh, yeah. I always thought that was funny. So, like, so if you didn't follow the news, everyone, what happened was like two weeks ago. Alec Baldwin's like, I'm in the Joker movie as Thomas Wayne. Everyone's like, Hey, cool. And then two days later, he's like, Fuck that
1: movie. I'm out. Of, not, I'm not in the Joker movie anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. What? He he bailed on it. Yeah, you
0: didn't hear about that.
1: No, I heard about him being in it. And- oh no, like yeah, like
0: literally like two days later, he's like, I'm not involved in that project. Fuck it. <laughs> I.
1: I- you know, I am so curious how they do things over at WB, or specifically WBDC cuz it just seems like it seems like you're like a bassist trying to join uh Guns N' Roses and then you and then you like you know, you audition, then you get the part and then like you're there for 2 weeks and you're just like, "Oh. Oh. Never mind."
0: I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I can't say. Um all I know is that yeah, he was like I'm on the project, and like he later he was asking Twitter, on Twitter, and he was like, no, I'm not involved with that anymore. Anyone could play this character or something like that.
1: Well, here's the thing. Why is Thomas Wayne in a Joker movie, everybody? Why is Thomas Wayne in a Joker movie? That's what I want to know. If it's anything other than Thomas Wayne is just in the background somewhere and hears Joker as a kid, even then I would hate it. I, I wouldn't like it. I don't know
0: what's going on. Honestly. Are they
1: going with the whole Jack Napier thing, where it's like the Joker killed Bruce Wayne's parents? I don't get it. The thing about that Joker
0: movie is like every time they announce a piece of, uh, of like cast news or production news, like uh-huh. they got this costume designer, they got this uh, this other person, this DP. I'm like, like I like all these names, like everyone who's involved in this movie, but like, what is it, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like uh, so, I have. Uh, I. I I hope, I wouldn't ho- call high hopes, but I have optimism about this film. I would. I uh, hope it. I hope it's good.
1: Here's the thing: when I picture Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, there's a very specific Joker I. I think he would do really well as, and that's the Dark Knight Returns Joker. Mm. Are you familiar, Alex?
0: Oh, you asking me if I'm familiar with the Dark Knight
1: Returns? But it's like the more it's like it's a. He's a little bulkier, a, stockier. He's, a, yeah. he's bulkier. He, he's older. I could picture that. And Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, he's a little bit long in the tooth, right? He's, he's, uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a seasoned human being. Joker's
0: always a little older.
1: Joker, no. Sometimes I do actually. Well, he's never, Sometimes he's never that young though. He's always at least in mid thirties. He's he's sort of supposed to match the age of. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Traditionally, right?
0: Well, basically, so what you're saying is you want this Joker to wear lipstick and not have permanent red face. Yes. Because the Dark Knight Returns Joker right, that was... just puts on lipstick for the fun of it. Yeah. And other Jokers, <clears throat> you know, have permanent red lips.
1: Which I think makes a lot more sense. To have permanent red lips? No, to not have the permanent red lips. I think it makes
0: more sense to have the permanent red lips. Well, it doesn't matter. Why? He's a fucking... You got skin bleached or something. His hair's green. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Like, lip skin's different than human skin or regular skin or whatever. I don't give a <laughs> shit. It's
1: fucking magic. It's fucking magic. Well, okay, so, Alex, if you were to make a Joker movie, mm-hmm. where... let's Okay, let's say we have Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and we have Alec Baldwin as Thomas Wayne still. What is the best case scenario for that movie for you? What what? How would you want to see that play out?
0: So, um... <laughs> Uh, so, Walking Phoenix uh, shoots Thomas Wayne in an alleyway, and he says, do you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Right. And then uh, the rest of the movie. Michael Keaton shows up and drops him off a building.
1: Right. The rest of the movie is just... Uh, it's a shot-for-shot remake of <laughs> Batman 89. I would love a very sassy Alec Baldwin, Thomas Wayne uh, traveling from the past to the future, where he does get shot, but like it's somehow like a weird thing, like Flashpoint or something, where like the Thomas Wayne finds out about his own death and finds out about Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, and so then he gets zapped to the future hmm. from Flash, and then so then Thomas Wayne is like, you know what, little Brucey's just not—he's just not getting rid of, these, rid of these villains, so I'm gonna do it. So then, what it is, is Alec Baldwin's sassy Thomas Wayne going around, and uh, and you know putting these villains in their place. I see.
0: Well, did you hear the rumor that he was going to be playing a Donald Trump esque Thomas Wayne?
1: Uh, ew. No. Well, that was the rumor. That's distasteful.
0: I can see. Uh, I can see it no. being a thing, though. I mean, like I think it's distasteful because. Batman should have good parents. Right. Um, but I can see it working. Like, it makes sense that, like, you know, you have this if it's tycoon different. character who is a lot like a modern-day real-life tycoon. Yeah. And, you know, so you have a lot of parallels. I think it would work, but, like, you know, it's just sort of you'd like Thomas Wayne to be, like, the Batman Begins version where it's like, I, uh, you run my business, I'm a doctor, I'm a nice guy. Like, you know, you make him the ultimate save-the-cat character. And yeah. And then... Um, that's how you can empathize with the loss, right? Or sympathize, or whichever word. Both,
1: empathize, sympathize. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Alec Baldwin. Hey, be- best, best of luck. Yeah. Best of luck.
0: And then the other bit of interesting news to me this is, and this is, you know, I, I don't like want to go too deep into casting news because they can make a whole podcast about that. But uh, a certain Star Wars Episode Nine is. Get not like getting two thirds of like the the nerd trinity uh, in their casting. They've just cast uh, uh, Mary from Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Dominic Monaghan.
1: Oh, from Marion Pippin. Yeah. Oh. So
0: he's in there, and then in a quote key role, they got Doctor Who himself, Matt Smith.
1: No way. Yeah, you
0: didn't see this? They got fucking is it the twelfth Doctor?
1: I don't know. I think maybe that's not a great choice. Matt Smith's great. What are you talking about? It's just uh, maybe too recognizable of a of a. Uh, but then
0: uh, fucking Woody Harrelson's good and, and Solo.
1: Yeah, On Solo. Okay. Uh,
0: and you got em- uh, Amelia Clarke. Like you got all these big, big, big name actors. I mean, I'm sure it'll be like a background character in the same way that like Laura Dern was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like it's a key role, but not like a. Main key role, I suppose.
1: I feel like... Maybe he will have a
0: mask on. Maybe it'll be a bounty hunter. E- I don't know.
1: Episode 9, I feel like by the by the time the movie's over, my face is going to be fucked. Like in I, a I f- good way? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if it's, if it's in a good way or not. I feel like they're going to be like, hey, guys, there wasn't enough going on in Episode 8, so for Episode 9, we're just like balls to the wall, like just blasting you with... With uh, as much Star Wars to, like, it's just gonna be over, uh, you know, over overdone. I well, guess. Well, I
0: prefer my Star Wars more balls to the wall than not. I suppose.
1: Well, and I think if you if you have a, I think if you have a movie that's not enough, then it's a good move to have the next movie be maybe arguably too much. Well, I think it's that's just I think that's
0: good. because, like, you can't do your sort of slower paced episode four or five thing anymore because it's like we got to finish this now. Yeah, so you might as well go balls of the walls yeah. for your for your trilogy under air.
1: Speaking of which, did you see the? Pl- did you keep up with Plinket? No, I, mean, I don't <laughs> want to watch that. You heard about it? Oh, I well, I know it's the uh, Plinket review of episode eight. I watched it, and it's actually not as scathing as I was fearful of.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I just don't... Well, I I haven't watched rather Media in a while. I kind of just sort of... It's one of those things just like they haven't gotten worse. I just kind of gotten used to their thing and just doesn't interest me anymore. And like in the same way I don't want... I stopped watching like Archer. It's like I, I right. get it. Yeah. I, I, I just sort of
1: don't want I just, to... I just don't care anymore. Well, and there's something to, something to be said about like... A lot of time with movie review channels and well, stuff... Well, they're like... They're also movie
0: comedy channels so they're like snarky on purpose they're very
1: yeah it's like it's almost like if i like a movie i don't want to watch that review yeah right because it's like i don't want to just watch this thing where someone's shitting all over mm-hmm. this movie yeah so now i i get that
0: it's like you know they're fine with what they do i just uh it's like i just like i don't need snark anymore
1: yeah i mean it's like if someone loves justice league maybe they won't listen to us because well
0: i th- we agreed that Justice League was just, just fine.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, Batman v Superman, I guess. Anyways, same point. If any, if you know, if someone really loves Assassin's Creed, uh, we're gonna
0: assass it. We're gonna assass give it the sass.
1: assass the shit out of it. Yeah, give it a sass.
0: I was just thinking about video game adaptations and why Assassin's Creed fails is because well, not why it fails, but I mostly I think I told you I hate that present day storyline Assassin's Creed in the games, the movies. I hate it.
1: Well, you know, yeah, being someone that has never played the game, I was really confused to what the premise was for the movie, and I guess what the premises for the game, I don't understand. Well,
0: it's just, you know, you know, Occam's Razor, right? Right. It's just the opposite of that. Oh. It's just, you know, let's take this thing that doesn't need to be complicated, make it woefully complicated. (laughs) It's like, hey, we got... Assassins in the past, and they're killing Templars, and there's sort of like secret power struggle behind the scenes of history. Cool. But let's also involve ancient aliens, and also being able to like time travel via memories, and this evil modern day organization. It's like just, you had like everything you needed, and then you add like 60% fluff. Just cut that out, and there you go.
1: And then you have Michael Fossbender going crazy for no reason. You remember in the middle of the movie, he just like loses his mind? Kind of. For like one scene, basically. Anyways. I just yeah. remember
0: my favorite part in that movie where he's like, I'm hungry. And then Marion Cotillard takes him to a, to a random room where they have more exposition. And then at the end, he's like, I'm hungry. And then they go to the kitchen. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's almost like they realized they needed a scene in there. Yeah. And so they had to connect it. It was a mess.
1: I mean, that happens in real life, though, right? No, it doesn't. You know, no one
0: says I'm hungry and then goes into a different room and then it carries <laughs> on a completely different conversation and then at the end goes like, "Oh right, I'm still hungry."
1: Uh, you know, it's just a slice of life. It's hu- it's human reaction. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, we. I mean, if we're talking video game movies, I, I think uh, we won't be seeing any for a while. Probably, right?
0: No, there's stuff happening.
1: Is there stuff ha- Oh, yeah, there's a Super Mario movie coming out by
0: uh, Illumination. Yeah, there's that. We got po- Detective Pikachu. We got Sanic the Hedgehog.
1: So, Detective Pikachu, who's doing that?
0: Who's directing it? Who is who is Pikachu? Who, is,
1: that a, is that an animation?
0: No, it's live action. Live action animation hybrid. The starring fuck? Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. I'm not making this up.
1: Does he say his
0: own name? Oh, no, he talks. This is based off of, of a 3DS game where Pikachu is just a, a, an English or Japanese speaking uh, fucking gumshoe solving crimes and he's a Pikachu with a hat.
1: This is like the Max Landis scripted movie, is right? He, or did, something? Did he
0: write that? I don't know. It's just a movie. It's coming out. Detective yeah. Pikachu coming out. And then Talk the Hedgehog is voiced by Ben Schwartz.
1: Ben Schwartz. And it's like he's co-starring with, with uh, James Marsden James and James Carey
0: as live action... Doctor Robotnik.
1: I could picture him possibly doing that. As long
0: as his mustache is as wide as his shoulders, that's all I right. care about.
1: If they 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 need to put him in like a fat suit, basically.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, Jim Carrey, as of late, I don't know if he still has wackiness in him, but hey, maybe.
0: Maybe I don't know. I heard he's really good in some movie that came out recently. Oh but yeah. I don't know if it was a wacky movie though.
1: And I th- I remember seeing a trailer for it, and it was more like
0: Truman Showy sort of, like serious, or
1: yeah, I mean, more serious, definitely not not wacky, not like Mister Poopy Penguins or whatever.
0: Oh yeah, I mean he was in uh, Kick Ass 2, which everyone forgot about.
1: Right, because he like right before they released it, he's like, "Hey, this movie sucks." Yeah, or whatever he said. The movie was too violent. Yeah, after well, they handed him the paycheck.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyways, do you know what this episode is, Mike?
1: This is episode one hundred and four.
0: Yeah, and that means it's if you're counting to keep track, it's the two year anniversary. This is two years right now. Yep. Holy shit! Right now, if you're, you know, because fifty two, fifty two weeks times two is a hundred
1: and four weeks. Happy second
0: anniversary,
1: <laughs> Alex. Alex, what did you get for me?
0: Uh, contempt. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, Mike. You're you you great. Um. Uh, I don't know. Like, Let's
1: see. Huh?
0: I don't know. I mean,
1: I you know I took a lift uh, back to the to the apartment just today, and this guy handed me a coin that said, "Where will you be for eternity?" And then you flip it over, and it says, "Jesus Christ."
0: <laughs> Wait. So you'll be Jesus Christ for eternity? I
1: don't know. Something. Something. I. Sh- what I'm saying is, I'll take that coin and give it to you. For our two-year anniversary. So no, you cool. can have my Jesus coin. <laughs> no,
0: you keep uh, your Jesus coin.
1: Okay. Um, Just saying, if you want it, if you want it, it's there, Alex. So, Mike,
0: I haven't seen like any goddamn movies. Have you?
1: Uh, oh well, Because if so, you haven't, I had an idea. Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, I'll be forthright, forthright. in forthright. telling you that uh, I have not seen a lick of anything. I, here's the thing theaters right now everybody it's it's getting into down season all right we're we're, we're on a downswing right now i was looking
0: at the the calendar for pretty much the entire month of september minus the predator i ain't got nothing i want to see
1: there's nothing
0: uh and then in october you got some you get you're getting the early oscar movies and then venom i guess
1: and well then there's also bad times at the el dorado which i or El el royale el royale yeah el dorado uh, that, bad, bad time I, of the Doritos. Bad time of the Doritos. Uh, no, I really want to see that though. I that saw looks like good.
0: a fifteen-second commercial and I'm like, huh? And then it, like it was on YouTube and I skipped it. I should probably watch the whole trailer. It looked interesting though.
1: Chris Hemsworth as the villain. Is he the villain? Yes. I see him without a
0: shirt in the posters.
1: Yes. Hmm. I'm. I. I want to see that.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'll see. Uh, well, I, that's one of the. I guess I'll see if the reviews are good. I suppose. Or yeah. If it has a high percentage of me enjoying it. Um,
1: so, yeah, what's your idea there, well, Alex? Well, so I
0: don't know if you've been around the social media or the Facebooks ever, but there's this thing going around, like, wildfire on the Facebooks, where people have been going around and doing this challenge where every day they have to post oh. one of their most impactful, top ten most impactful movies. Have you seen this?
1: yeah. Yes, I have. And I see you roll your eyes like you... No, no, no. I think it's a great idea. I think... You know what I think it is? I what? think it's a great conversation piece. That's exactly what I brought up. Exactly. And and I'm glad we were... Like, if we're thinking about doing that now, that's great. But for, for Facebook, it's fucking annoying.
0: I like it because it's nice to see people's options. Although, yeah. you know, most people have the same options, and I'm going to be pretty much no different. But... And I should... You know, maybe I should have... Called ahead so you can make a list, I guess. But oh, no, the, I, I can think it
1: up off the top yeah, of my head. It's actually head. better. Yeah. Um. So I just I think it's funny that probably twenty of my friends would be like, well, you know, Pulp Fiction, yeah, for number five. Yeah. And then they all talk about Pulp Fiction. Anyways, so
0: like the yeah. So I was thinking for our two year anniversary, why don't we talk about the movies that impacted us the most because we haven't seen anything because September's boring.
1: Okay. Now is. Now what. What is the is there a big gap between movies that influence you the most and movies that are just like your faves? I think there's a
0: difference because I think there's a solid difference between a movie that impacts you either as an artist or as a filmmaker or as a film watcher or just a person in general Uh that have like impacts on your life and there's movies that you just enjoy a lot. Gotcha. For example, and I'll start like right now, like uh, then this is on any particular order, but like for example, Kill Bill Volume One changed my life. But it's not my favorite Tarantino movie, and it wouldn't be on my top ten.
1: Right.
0: Are you writing stuff down? What
1: I'm going to do is I'm going to keep track of this, Alex. Okay. So that my, way... Like, I made a list for me,
0: but then it, my list eventually just became, like, my top 25 movies because it was super hard to, to nail down. Because some movies also, I found that some movies fill the same role as other movies because they all came out on the same time for me. Well, anyway. So Kill Bill Volume 1, for example, introduced me to, like, R-rated violence like, <laughs> gore and stuff. And before then, I was like, ew, blood. And then that movie, I was like, no, I can handle this. This is all right. So, and I was like 14. Yeah. You know, before then, I was like, ah, I'm so squeamish.
1: I'm scared. Yeah, I'm so
0: scared. Um, and then I was like, oh, no, R-rated violence is totally fine, if not even cool. Um, So that, like, changed me. That was my first Tarantino movie, so I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is a style of film like I've never seen before with the chapters mm. and, like, the non-linearity and the mu- use of music and, like, the use of, like random anime sections and random black and white and all that yeah. fucking shit and I was like my whole yeah my whole mind was exploded and uh yeah I was like and yeah so it's like uh and I was just kind of generally speaking, I think one of just sort of in like the first 10 R-rated movies I've ever seen maybe um I like I started watching R-rated movies when I was around 12 I guess um more consistently but I, you know there wasn't like a steady stream of R-rated stuff
1: right yeah yeah, I mean, usually when you get to high school, that's when like the R the R gates open. Yeah, and right? even then,
0: it was mostly like Euro trip. Yeah, was kind of a scary movie, and those kind of movies. Yeah, and it wasn't like soft R's. Yeah, it, or, <laughs> yeah, it was it was more R rated comedy, and less, like real art movies, you know, or yeah, if uh, you can call it art, art, art art movies. Tarantino always draws that line. It's hard to say what, what his deal is when it comes to like is he an art art movie? Is he a, is it? Blockbuster, popular movie, you know. Right. Anyway, so like that movie has had a huge impact on me, and like it doesn't influence necessarily like my filmmaking style or whatever, or my like my, my artistic eye or whatever the fuck. Uh huh. Um, but it, you know, it changed. It, it really opened my eyes. Interesting. So that's one.
1: All right, Kill Bill Volume One. Volume One. That's your first pick.
0: Volume Two. I hadn't seen what came out shortly after I watched it, and it wasn't. I was like this is nearly as violent or or actiony and then like cuz i didn't really know what tarantino's dialogue style was so i liked it but not as much and now i appreciate it a lot more as you know growing up like second third time watching like oh this is still really great it's just sort of yeah. not like cuz you 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 see one movie and you think surely the next one will be similar but it's not and
1: most people prefer volume 1 um i i you know definitely both those movies can't really exist without the other for sure right mm-hmm. um when i saw those i saw them long after they had come out or not long after but maybe a, a year or two or something I should watch that movie again it's they're, been so long. yeah they're they were home watches for me but um for me i actually because i watched the, the volume one then i watched volume two and for me i actually liked volume two a little bit more and everybody's mm-hmm. like, why? That's so dumb. There's Mike, no Mike, you're so stupid. Mike, you're so stupid. <laughs> um Kitten Mittens. Uh I just between the two I was like okay, the first one is like I get it. It's all the violence and the and the glitz and the glam and the you know like yeah, but the second one I just thought it was such a bold move to be like, you know what? This is all plot. Mm. And like and then they have that end monologue. That ending monologue where Bill's talking about Superman, mm. and I'm just like, wow, I never really thought of that. Clark, you know, Clark Kent and Superman, and like talking about how Clark Kent is his disguise and all this stuff. I don't cool, know. Yeah, it was. I I liked it, but um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and we also for just for the record, we don't have to go through ten movies if we, you know, we just, well, just I mean,
1: just name them till we run out of time. Yeah, definitely.
0: Or we find something else to talk about. So
1: my. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm hanging on this edge of my seat here, or whatever. Kind of whatever leaned, the. Whatever like,
0: the. A little lean back.
1: Whatever the. Uh, the. The figure of speech is right. Yeah. I'm flying by the. Seat of your pants. Seat of my pants. That's what I'm trying to say. You're using your own uh, idiom. So. Um. Let's see. Influential movie number one. Memento. Hmm. And that is because that is the first movie I saw that was like, hey, let's do like non non-linear storytelling and let's do like, let's really play with the format and the style and all this other stuff. Yeah. The whole like, just kind of like not even given a shit what anybody thinks. We're just going to have like one timeline going forward and one going backwards. And then they meet in the middle and everybody's head explodes. Um, I just thought, damn, like how did, how did no one, do this before now
0: yeah it's really interesting like that movie uh, is, is amazing it's uh that, like that's a, a lot about a lot of people's first like exposure to sort of non-traditional movies and how you can tell stories in a way that isn't act one act two act three
1: well and really if you follow kind of like this through line of what nolan was doing in his early career
0: and also i would include both nolans because it's written by jonathan nolan right
1: so. the nolans yeah um i mean Memento kind of like set the framework for Batman Begins, which I think is like still like maybe the most artsy superhero movie. Mm. Maybe that between that and like Dark Knight, I don't know, but
0: well, it depends on what you mean by artsy.
1: I guess what I mean is like to consider something a film instead of like a popcorn flick.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I would say know? Batman Begins is still in the realm of movie, whereas Dark Knight's in the realm of film and yeah. on, on that spectrum, I would say. Like I wouldn't call I love Batman Begins a lot, but I wouldn't call it like a film.
1: But well, the thing is, like with Batman Begins, it's like they carry over that non linear storytelling, which is like, damn, like yeah, this is so a bit what you, what you mean, wouldn't do for a uh, a superhero movie. But then it reaches a point maybe halfway through, like once he puts on the the costume and all that, that's when yeah, it sort of just turns into a movie. I don't right? think that's
0: that non traditional though, having flashbacks. Inter interwoven with your narrative isn't revolution isn't like not well revolution is the but isn't like unusual I would say. Like when I saw The Dark Knight, I wasn't like or not sorry, Batman begins, I wasn't like, whoa, what are they doing with the timeline? It's like I feel like I've seen it before. Well the, Like occasionally they'll flash back to yeah. something we've already seen, they'll recontextualize everything and then you'll keep going.
1: I mean I mean I understand what you like what I'm saying I guess yeah with that I agree. It's it wasn't like a revolutionary way of doing it, but I, I would say specifically for superhero movies You know, like, with Flash... Like, okay, I'll give you an example. Like, with flashbacks in the other Batman movies, Mm -hmm. before that, it was always, like, Bruce Wayne being like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, and then... (laughs) then, Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's the uh, the
0: Hollywood flashback method, really. Right,
1: yeah. Um, But, yeah, Memento. Like, I think... um, Especially for, like, you know, like, college students that are, like... Trying to get into like film and stuff like that, I think that is definitely something on the curriculum to watch. Is is something like Memento, right? Mm. Um, and plus, you know, one of the one of the few Guy Pierce vehicles that is notable. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, um,
0: hey, he's in the her locker.
1: He's in that movie for lock- five. Sec- he's in
0: that that movie lockout that got sued for being a literal ripoff of
1: Escape from New York. Oh. Never heard of it. Oh, um, lockout? Or something like that? Huh. He was in L.A. Confidential. That wasn't bad. Yeah, he's
0: in stuff. Um, no. Wasn't he? Some, was Iron Man three.
1: Oh right, think Iron of Man three. Yeah.
0: He, he always positive. Everyone loves guy. Uh, guy Pearce is great. Um, yeah. So these ones are tricky because they all kind of serve the same purpose, but they all kind of land around the same time. Uh huh. So I'm just gonna group them together. Um, and one of them obviously has more appeal, appeal, appeal than other, but in terms of just like what they influence in terms of sort of movies for me, I, I'll just include them all together. So that is um, Toy Story, Jurassic Park, and Star Wars.
1: How do you wait? You're counting the, those all as one movie? I'm
0: counting them all together in terms of like they're oh, all four okay. different movies, but they all kind of landed around the same time. And but all these kind of count ac- as accomplished three choices, similar right? punches, I guess. Okay. Because what they did is they introduced like they were like the big like hey man. 3D visual effects, and also well, Star Wars just had general visual effects. Star Wars like the first movie I remember being really wowed by like ever. Like I saw that when I was on like, four, and that movie blew my little brain, little kid brain, into a million pieces. And like I'm not, I'm sure like I don't have to go into specifics. There's like a thousand articles written about like oh because of the hero's journey is super relatable and you know blah 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 blah.
1: Um, Star Wars: A New Hope specifically I think is a is a movie that. First of all, it needs to be the first Star Wars movie you see. Yeah. And you need to see it as a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. If you really want to get the, the the maximum amount of impact. Right. Like, there are people... I know a lot of people who haven't didn't see Star Wars until, like, in high school or until they were adults. And they're like... These are some good damn movies, you know.
1: But uh, well, it's interesting you say that because I feel like most people I know that see those as adults are like kind of cynics about it. They're kind of like, eh. Well, it's also
0: that case of like I've seen all the ripoffs and all this, the yeah. the influences that like the original is not nearly as 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 groundbreaking because I know what it what it leads to. And sometimes and occasionally there's that thing where what it leads to is better, but because it's newer, it's not nearly as revered, you know. Yeah, now, I wouldn't say that in the case of Star Wars, um, but like you have lots of stuff like that, where you have movies that are the genesis of sort of a, a way of doing things, and then other movies beat them, but they're never on the same level just because they weren't original or you right. know they didn't originate. But I can't think of any specific examples. Either way, I don't think Star Wars is really in that camp. I mean, it is a little, uh, it's not in that camp because I don't think anything has ever really beat Star Wars at its own game in terms of what Episode Four accomplishes and being a story that's universal and being a visual effects uh, powerhouse most of the time, uh-huh. um, not including the special edition. Um, and, you know, sort of having a unique and interesting universe that you want to live in and all that kind of stuff. And I think, like, movies try to be Star Wars, but most of them never really get there. Or they're Star Wars plus something else, <laughs> you know, which... Lets Star
1: th- Wars plus Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Well, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, like, so, like, there's that and, like, you know, the, the hero's journey influences all that stuff. But, like, it, it was the big... You know, mid-90s rev- through CG revolution that, like, took me, like, I at first, like little kid me was like, I want to be a paleontologist or whatever. And then uh, I yeah. saw, like, you know, I, that was also because I saw Jurassic Park. But then, like, Toy Story came out, on you know, that time. And then I also, I was old enough to realize that, like, oh, shit, these dinosaurs are fucking made of computers. <laughs> and then um, after that, it's like, that's it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So from, like, the ages of six onward, I've never not wanted to be a CG animator. Now I am.
1: Yeah. So. Well, that's... You know, I know you listed three movies there, but we'll just count that as one. It's one, I mean, there's no hard rule here. Like, if I yeah, did it on not the
0: full Facebook thing, it would be three individual movies over three years or whatever. But because, like I said, they all accomplish the same goal, I want to bring up Jurassic Park and then bring up Star Wars and then bring up Toy Story and then repeat my whole thing. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah that, that's I mean I totally agree I mean those three movies are very like i mean that's like three really influential movies I mean if we're talking about nineties movies that were uh made a we're we're always talking about how like eighties movies culture it was a lot bigger than nineties movies culture but I mean Toy Story and Jurassic Park I think i mean damn I know they just blew up. I mean, talk about game-changing movies. I mean, Jesus Christ. After Toy Story was made, everybody, every studio wanted to start their own CG animation department, right? And they did, mm, for better or for worse. Mm,
0: well, only DreamWorks did. I can't think of another one. That well, didn't. I
1: mean, I guess what I mean is like, okay, so then there's DreamWorks, and then there was uh, probably Blue Sky or Sony, you know, much later on than Illumination. I, I guess what I'm saying is like there's, it, it started, it it. It's Toy just, Story started this whole other way of it changed the way you make movies, doing things. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Do you know that Joss Whedon wrote part of rewrote part of Toy Story? Story
1: that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, that movie's that a fascinating uh, look. It has so much production issues, and not just technol really technological, more story issues.
1: Well, I know that like because Jeffrey Katzenberg was originally attached to it, right? And then didn't he branch off because of it or something? I don't remember the specifics. I just remember. It, yeah, and just, I don't know if this is connected to him, probably not. But like Woody was originally just like a fucking like asshole. Yeah, he was right? kind of just
0: a, a dick, yeah.
1: Yeah, like two times as worse as he as they ended up making him. I mean, he was, but,
0: but like he's all in, in the movie. It worked because he's like an asshole, but like you know he's like because he's he's scared, man. Right. Yeah. And like over the course of the movie, he becomes not an asshole. Yeah. Even though he's not like he still is a it's friendly, but he's like overbearing still you know yeah so it's yeah. it's different that uh, you know they made a good character in i end. mean he's
1: much better and you know i honestly casting tom hanks to play that voice was i i i, I don't know if another actor would have made it so perfect
0: i think you could have gotten a, you could i mean like tom hanks makes it his own role but like i think you might have been able it's hard to say it's, a, it's one of those hypotheticals it's like i think you could have made it work but it would have been different
1: yeah yeah hmm I always thought, like, with Buzz Lightyear, they could have switched Tim Allen out with George Clooney and no one would have noticed. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Well, George Clooney wasn't a thing in 95.
1: (laughs) No, he wasn't. Um, It's always weird to think that Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear because, like, especially around, like, uh, 2010, Toy Story 3, it's like... Well, hey guys, what happened to Tim Allen? Well, he's on that fucking show. Well, now he's on that. He well, was on he that was show. That, on that I show. mean, well, no, that show's yeah. coming back.
0: Oh, is it coming yeah, back? Yeah, got renewed by Fox or something. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, or did it because Fox and Disney is a thing now? I, like <laughs> that's one of the things that who knows in the industry. It's like is this thing still happening?
1: <laughs> I think the con- I honestly think the conversion is going to be a very slow. Well,
0: yeah, it's going to be slow, but it's mostly well, like from what I understand from like industry people, it's like if you're like pitching stuff, it's like do we to Fox, is that right? Like, if we do, is it just gonna get canned, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff?
1: <laughs> well, uh, and there's also Dark Phoenix, X Men Dark Phoenix, which is like in weird production limbo right now, right?
0: Uh, no, they're still making it, it's being made. Like, what do you mean? They're
1: still, ma- but th- isn't there not like a release date for it or something? No, I think
0: it does. I think it's just going undergoing, undergoing reshoots right now.
1: Oh, okay. And then New Mutants,
0: Re- yeah, that got delayed, right? For reshoots. Yeah. I don't think they're in production limbo. I think they're in lim- they're not in limbo because of the the Fox the the Fox Disney deal though, I think. I think they're just being, you know, there's are just, just probably behind the scenes turmoil. I don't really know.
1: Listen, here's what you do everybody. You have Dark Phoenix be this nice last send-off for that X-Men movie universe and then uh, you know, get get rid of all that and uh reboot it. Hard reboot. That's what I'm saying.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Um. Yeah, they'll need it since uh, Guardians isn't coming back. Uh,
0: James Gunn's X-Men.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they're like, you know what? We fired James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy because we're so offended. But you know what? We think he'd be really good for X-Men, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> or Fantastic Four. James... If anybody can make uh, Fantastic Four actually interesting, hey, throw James Gunn Tar- on it. Quentin
0: Tarantino. Qu- <laughs>
1: <laughs> ben Grimm's arguing with Reed Richards about why you should tip waitresses and how waitresses live off of uh, tips and all that. Mm-hmm. That's Reservoir Dogs. Anyways. Yeah, I know what it is. Let's see. What is my next pick? You know what? This might be weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the first uh, PG-13 movie that I saw. Independence Day. No, actually. Well, no, I did see. I saw that before I saw it. Okay, first PG-13 movie that I saw in theaters. Oh. In theaters.
0: I don't even know what mine is. anybody continue?
1: And that was the second Austin Powers movie. Oh, ha. Uh, yeah. Fun. And those movies have been played to death. And no one likes them anymore, including me. Uh, you know, I I, I,
0: I did rewatch the first one recently, and it was
1: was it rough?
0: It wasn't rough. It was just like, oh,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. It just kind of doesn't like. Hold I up, was gonna rewatch right?
0: all of them, and then I just sort of like, eh. like it just it's very 90s, and I just didn't feel like watching the rest.
1: It's uh, I
0: think it is. I think it's dated in its type of 90s humor. Yeah, but it's mostly still funny.
1: Well, the interesting thing is like. Wayne's World holds up a lot better than Austin Powers does, I think. Um in terms of, you know, Mike Myers' joints. Um, Wayne's World I can go back to and be like, "Oh man, this is still this is still good." You guys have you seen Wayne's World?
0: Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh but yeah, for whatever reason Austin Powers was like a huge thing and my friends it and th- I were obsessed with it. I mean like, well, like it
0: actually wasn't A huge. The first one wasn't like a huge hit, actually. Like you think it was, but it wasn't like box office wise. wasn't a smash decision, but it was successful.
1: Because I know the second one. I think they
0: got more and more successful. Crazy, yeah. So
1: Goldmember was like, "Eh, this is over. This is over, you guys. I think. I think number two is kind of in the sweet spot where it's like, hey, we got Fat Bastard in here. We got uh, what was it? Heather Graham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Heather Graham was in the second one.
0: They have that great time travel joke. Just don't think about it too hard.
1: Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, in terms of... Really, the only reason I brought it up is because it was the first PG-13 movie I saw in theaters. Is that a big impact on your life? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Well, then it shouldn't be on the list. Well, I mean, just for the sake of, like, you know, I it stands out because it was... I guess. Yeah, okay. The first PG-13. But, yeah, in terms of like influence i guess <laughs> well it's not like movie i milestones. guess maybe not i it's guess not really maybe movie
0: not. milestones i guess it's more like movie impact but like, hey well, you already said it it's too late yeah it's on your facebook page as we speak it's being uploaded right now
1: well here's the thing if i was to actually sit down for a few hours and think about this i the the list would change quite a bit but you know i'm mm-hmm. i'm just again i'm just this is just i'm just going for it right so mm-hmm. yeah Anyways, Alex, mm-hmm. what, uh, what what next?
0: Uh, for me, would have to go to another comedy, a fun little movie that. So I was at a friend's house, and this particular friend's dad had just like a lot of. He was very like you know looking back on it was very instrumental in like shaping my movie things because he would just pop on movies, like he'd like, hey kids, tonight we're watching something like a hot. Tonight we're watching no. sleepers. Tonight we're watching like this, that, and the other thing. This older. Kind of movies that, like, you know, I never heard of, and I, and I would sit down and watch them, and not like, you know, and those, those are really you know, great old movies and stuff like that. So sometimes it's good to have someone in your life, you know, if, if someone's friend's parents, or unfortunately my parents aren't movie buffs, but like, you know, someone like that would just like sit down, shut up, we're going to watch this. Oh, yeah. Um, and the movie that they, uh, the, this fateful movie, which is now one of my top five favorite movies of all time and influenced, mm, I guess, my sense of humor. Is Monty Python the Holy Grail? <laughs> that movie had a huge impact on me, obviously, just because it was so fucking funny, and it remains to this day so fucking funny. Um, I watch just random clips, like if someone posts a random clip, and I just watch it, I just chuckle at myself, occasionally. Yeah. Um, and um, I remember thinking, like, watching that movie like ten times. And then realizing it came out in, like, 1974 or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then being like, what the fuck? They don't make... <laughs> old movies aren't this funny. Wait a second, you know? Right, And, like, yeah. having my head exploded a little just because, you know, movies made before, like, 1990 were great. <laughs> like, even though I knew Star Wars was old, I guess. But, like, you know...
1: Right, there's something like, about old like,
0: movies that you're like, eh. Like, old movies, they're old. But, because like, it didn't look like an old movie because, like, everyone's wearing, like, weird costumes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... It didn't. The humor wasn't like old timey, you know. Like it was just like, oh wow, old old movies can be really funny too. Yeah, and stuff. And yeah. then like, I, so this was obvious before he showed me like some like hot and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember, it, you know, it really, really did it did a number on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good choice. I mean, the first time I tried watching Holy Grail. I I actually didn't get through it because I'm like, this is just I don't get what's going. Like, why are there people pretending to ride horses and all this other stuff? That's the joke. But then I watched it when I was older. I'm like, oh, this. Like, how old were
0: you when you watched it? I mean,
1: probably I don't know, middle school or something. You know, too young to watch it. I don't know. Too young to get it. I was like ten. Well, you know, you're ahead of your time there, Alex. Mm. Uh, little, little, little get, impatient, Mike Hart. Well, you might have
0: been like, it might be like that weird zone, like when you're young, you accept that the absurdity, but then when you're a little older, you're like, wait a fucking second, right. and then you get old, even older, and like, oh, I get it now. You know, that might be like that little that tween age, where, yeah, where and, things are a little iffy.
1: And that's the thing is, like, you go from being like, man, British comedy is so dry and boring, to then, to then realizing what British comedy is, basically, and being like, oh, this is, like, mm. amazing. Yeah. It also
0: helps that, like, my family is super sarcastic and dry when they their style of humor. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so, like, it's sort of not hard to make the leap to the British style. Right. Yeah. So, I guess that helps, too. <laughs> um, like, uh, if you go to one of my family reunions, you can have no idea if someone's bullshitting or if they're telling the truth. Oh, really? Like, uh, for example, I, my, this summer I, I was with my family, my extended family and my aunt's like, I was talking about like adventures in Infinity War. my aunt's like, Oh, I love that movie. I was like, Oh really? Yeah. I thought it was so good. She's like, no, it's so bad. I have no idea who anyone is. I'm like, Oh
1: man, you said it with such conviction, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? So that's the kind of thing I'm dealing with all the time.
1: Yeah. All right. That sounds like quite a, a fun family, uh, Oh, yeah. Family it's dynamic.
0: a blast. I'm not joking. That's not sarcasm. They're great. Anyways, continue.
1: Yeah. Um, shit, I just thought of this, and then I lost it, and then now... Face-off. Tra- no. <laughs> uh, not... Well, not ew. I mean, face-off is... No, I know. ...fun. Um, oh, okay. This might be a pretty obvious one, but uh, Clerks.
0: No, oh, well not to me. I wouldn't have thought of that.
1: Clerks is uh the first movie I ever saw where it wasn't like it wasn't this movie that had to be this big exciting high budget whatever, you know, good acting blah blah blah. It's like literally just an hour and a half of these two having these conversations that people would have, but it somehow works. Like somehow the movie's not boring. It's just like they're talking about like contractors working on the death star and mm-hmm. like you know i don't know it's just uh again i mean i think this is all this also falls under the category of like hey it, you know if you're a college student studying film like clerks is probably a great movie to see because like uh, the dialogue it, it, i think it was like 94 it came out in 94 something like that yeah and what the 90s is known for i think was it was a whole decade where they they sort of naturalized dialogue in movies, like Quentin Tarantino for sure, and then also I'd say Kevin Smith.
0: I would say it's not really naturalized. They kind of, well they kind of naturalized, but they just made it. I mean, snappy, you know.
1: Well, they made it snappy, but they they also made it so people weren't afraid to like. Or like you know, they, the people
0: meander. People people meander. Talk they, about they nothing they have, that isn't yeah. really plot relevant, but it's just character relevant and that kind of stuff.
1: Right. They can they they can talk about stuff that isn't just exposition or just having to do ex, you know with the plot or whatever you know like it it, but it didn't feel like it was at a place. It felt like okay, this is just this makes sense for this tone mm-hmm. of movie and yeah. So I'd say I'd say Clerks, and I'd st- honestly I'd still say that's like Kevin Smith's best. Uh, yeah,
0: I would say that too. Um I mean like I know Clerks has like a lot of influence in like uh you little banana things. Little banana animations.
1: Oh right. Yeah. Just, just a couple uh, guys hanging out. <laughs> R.I.P., am I right? Yeah, the old banana
0: animation. Yeah. Um Um Yeah, I um I think Clerks is also really good to show like, you know, high school students, students of film because it shows what you can do with minimal no budget, no budget, yeah. No budget, non actors, kinda. And you just you can still make a successful hits film with just you know gumption and, and can do right yeah and maxing out credit cards for music rights.
1: <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I was wondering how they got that sweet alison Chain song in there. <laughs> What's with good movies and alison Chain's music being in them? Is Alice Chains not good, or what? No, they're great. You I really love Alice so and like Chains. It, Alice Chains is my favorite band. It stands
0: to reason good movie has good music, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. But no, I just remember Last Action Hero had like 30 seconds of an Allison Chains is song. Was a man in that box? No, it was a, it was a song for the soundtrack. Oh. oh my, yeah. And then... Uh,
0: like Flash Gordon?
1: Clerks had Got Me Wrong off the SAP EP. So now you, you know. Check that
0: out, yeah. The more you know. The
1: more you know cool all right well that's my next pick
0: okay clerks uh, uh my next one and this is no in particular there's no this is in no life order mm-hmm. you know i start with kill bill uh would have to be so one day i'm gonna i'm just gonna start with a story sure because you know whatever yeah. um i was in a in high school, I used to hang out in. Uh, I was in the marching band because I'm lame, and I was in the hanging out in the band room, which is sort of like during lunch because that's where that's the hangout there. Because you know, you can hang out in the cafeteria, or you could hang out in the band room where it's quiet and no one bothers you, and it's like you and twenty other ten, twenty other kids who are all friends.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was
0: also, you know, a TV on wheels in there, one of those little TVs uh, on wheels. Yeah, and uh, guy I know who he, he was a bit of a AB guy. Um, we just bring in his own fucking movies and we just show movies during lunch. And one day he puts in this movie that I'd never heard about before and it starts and it's the most interesting, gripping, funny, surprisingly funny thing I've ever seen in my life or to that point. And that was Full Metal Jacket.
1: Oh my God, yeah. And
0: then I was like, what is this? (laughs) Like, this is like amazing. What is this? Like, you know, like, because it's like, the movie starts with this really impressive tear down you know verbal tear down of these soldiers by the late great right uh, uh oh I Arlie oh yeah um and then uh uh we did, and then we like slowly over the course of a couple of lunches with I saw the whole movie like the boot camp sequence and the vietnam sequence and the sniper sequence and like by the end of it it's like holy fucking shit this is like a fucking amazing fucking movie and then you know I used that as a springboard to jump into the rest of the state. like then I like I remember just going to like wikipedia uh, Cause I was like sixteen, I'm going to Wikipedia and looking up like who's this director, Stanley Kubrick, and I'm like oh Stanley Kubrick, and I looked at all his movies like The Shining, two thousand one, uh, Doctor Love, and Clockwork Orange, and all these like classic films that I didn't really know much about, but I knew they were famous movies, and I'm like yeah, holy fucking shit, this one guy did all these, and I watched all of his movies, and Stanley Kubrick is my number one, and always will be my number one favorite director of all time. Now,
1: I mean, I think objectively speaking, he's probably just the best. No,
0: that's <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's hard to say, man. Because I you, mean, well, yeah. It depends, because I think in terms of just, because also he, I, I still submit that Hitchcock was probably the best director just because of his, he only mostly worked in thrillers, but his mastery over thrillers and editing and how to, how to construct a story so, so effortlessly and also because of his just general output, well, I, I, yeah. I, it's, hard to, it's hard to say who's the best director, but I would say he's definitely in the top ten, maybe. I don't know. I mean, There's been those, a lot of good directors, though.
1: Those two, there will never be anybody, I think, on their scale... Again.
0: I doubt that. I think there's lots of, lots of Kubrick types out there. There's
1: Kubrick types, but they're, they're influenced by Kubrick, right?
0: Well, yeah, but Kubrick's
1: influenced by the other people, you know.
0: Well, sure, yeah. I mean, like, if we have to do the whole, oh, who's the modern-day Kubrick, I would, I would say, like, P.T. Anderson is the modern-day Kubrick, if you want to do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I mean, my whole thing is, like, if we were just to look at Kubrick's filmography, right? mm mm-hmm if we're just basing the, his quality of work like across the board, I think that's hard to match. Like, there's a lot of great directors, but, you know, I mean, some of them have... You know, there's some swings Even Hitchcock has some misses. Yeah, Hitchcock has some misses. There's, yeah, there's some
0: that misses, famous you know? Tarantino uh, interview where he's at a round table, and he's like, yeah, like Hitchcock went out with a whiff, and that takes like two good movies off of your, your filmography, you know? Right. Or two or three, like, you know, and that's why he's like, I'm only going to make ten movies because I can't go out on a whiff. Gotta make. I got ten good movies in me, or something like that.
1: Well, that's the thing is, like you know, uh, Nolan, back in his heyday, people were thinking, "Man, this is like the next." I don't know if they're saying Kubrick, but I mean,
0: I've heard that comparison. Kubrick, uh, right? Nolan, I've heard venture. It's mostly directors who are very precise and controlling, right? But tend to get the the Kubrick label.
1: But that's the thing. I mean, Nolan, you know, when uh, when Dark Knight Rises and then Inter- Interstellar came out, I think it sort of it it knocked him down a peg i guess what i'm saying i think
0: the difference between kubrick and a lot of directors uh, is that kubrick explored genres uh-huh. he went he would never do the same genre twice it's true whereas a lot of these uh, like nolan and fincher and those kind of they guys they do the same kind of movie they don't do the same kind of movie every time but they they have a very specific right sort of feel that they do and the kubrick's movies yeah. feel very different but like you know 2001 is nothing like doctor strange up which is nothing like right. barry linden
1: and Doctor Strangelove is a funny movie. It's a, it like it's a funny, punchy movie. Like it's you know it it's yeah it's Kubrick being a comedic director and like and, and yeah and then watching that and then seeing 2001: yeah. Space Odyssey, yeah. it's and like then it damn. To Eyes
0: Wide Shut and you're like what? <laughs> and I'm a big fan of Eyes Wide Shut. I know that movie gets haven't seen it. Oh, uh, that movie doesn't get nearly the. I think it deserves. It doesn't, like, it's, I don't know. It's like, that movie doesn't get shit on, but it doesn't get
1: I know people kind of say it's his, maybe his, not not his best. I think
0: Lolita's his worst movie.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that either. I just, I, and I haven't seen, uh, was it Barry Lyndon?
0: Barry Lyndon's amazing. Yeah, that's what I hate. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. And also just generally good.
1: And I haven't seen Spartacus, but I get the feeling that's like pre
0: Spartacus is Kubrick for hire, so it's, right, it's sort of uh, not quite a Kubrick it's like, movie. It's a Kirk Douglas movie where Kubrick is sort of fighting
1: with him over what's <laughs> going on. It's like uh, Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. insomnia.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, it's him directing and there's bits of him in it, but like for the most part, it's just kind of uh, a movie. Yeah. It's not a bad movie, but it's just sort of a movie. Right. Um, but like Paths of Glory is a great Kubrick movie. If you're oh, up. I...
1: Never even heard of that. Oh, that's
0: a World War One movie with Kirk Douglas also. That's where Kirk Douglas met, Stanley oh. Kubrick. Um, that's where Kubrick developed, I believe, that's where he developed his classic uh, one-point perspective tracking style.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: you know, where he'd like put something on wheels and just track actors through spaces because there's a bunch of trenches and stuff, and use used that throughout his career. Yeah. Love that style. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah, so that movie kind of blew my mind because I had not seen anything like it before.
1: So I, I take it that's probably your favorite Kubrick, right? Full Metal Jacket. I, I know that's hard to pick.
0: I would say, yeah. It's been a, a long time since I've seen it, though. Yeah. I, I mean, need to watch them all again.
1: Mine, Full Metal Jacket, I mean, I love that. Like, my favorite Kubrick movie is probably Will Always Be The Shining for whatever reason. Mm. But I think Full Metal Jacket uh, is the best Vietnam movie. Um, I, like, I, I kind of, Apocalypse Now is great. Don't get me wrong. I think the Platoon comparison, though, like, people are crazy if they think Platoon's better than Full Metal Jacket. I, I, I think so. F- Platoon is, like, there's less... La- there's Full Metal Jacket has all these layers, and then Platoon is sort of just, well, here's the war, and then we're yeah, fighting Yeah, but that was it.
0: kind of a different kind of movie back then, though. What do you mean? Well, Platoon was, like, a movie made by Vietnam vets, and it was a movie that was sort of, like, um, you know, like... It was like, not the, f- it was one of the first movies that was like, this is what it was like to fight in Vietnam, kind of. Like, there were uh-huh. movies like that, but that was the first, like, really, six, like, uh, like, you know, awarded one, as far as I am aware, because it won the Oscar in 1986.
1: Did Apocalypse Now not get anything?
0: Uh, it, right. it won the Palme d'Or in 1979, but it didn't win Best Picture.
1: Or it didn't even get nominated or anything? Oh, I'm sure it was nominated, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: But it didn't win. Seventy nine was, was Kramer versus Kramer, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: Oh, the Academy. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> um, but Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, study your Kubrick, everybody. That's another you know, I mean, all the, the, the common theme, I think, is, like, for people looking to make films, and this makes sense, too, but, I mean, for people looking to make films, like, a lot of these are films that I would say... Anybody should watch if you're looking to make films, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: I, you know, my philosophy is there's never a reason not to watch a movie, unless it's like a movie that you know... Yeah. There, I mean, like, for the most part, there are certain movies that are on my no-fly my no list. Ghosts of
1: Mars, I mean... Like,
0: well, like, there are movies where it's, like, Salo or, like, a Serbian film. Those are on my no-fly list. So it's like, I'm never going to watch those.
1: Uh, a Serbian film?
0: Oh, yeah, that movie's famous for oh, is
1: it a movie called a Serbian film? yeah,
0: oh, okay. I don't want to go into it, maybe uh, well, it's, if it's famous gross. for lots of things, some involving infants uh,
1: ew, okay, yeah. yeah, never mind,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like human centipede, like that kind of stuff, ew, like that no, you yeah. that that kind of movie like it's like I can I'll pass no, thank you,
1: I just remember so you know when people were like, oh man, you see, you see human centipede, I'm like, what's it about?" Well, you know, they just, like, stitch a dude's mouth to another person's ass. I'm like, eh. Pass. Nah.
0: <laughs> like, I know everyone talks about how good Irreversible is, but it's like, I don't want to... Never heard of it. Oh, there's a lot of things in that movie. Every time I hear about it, it's always, like, you know, not very violent, very rapey. It's like, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't want to watch it. And I, I made the mistake of watching Enter the Void. I'm like, oh, Noe, No, thank you. Not, not, not again. Not doing Tricked right. again. Not watching one of his movies. Or Except I did watch the trailer that's not well that's a different guy
1: Oh, uh, that's a different guy
0: yeah that's um Lars von Trier uh, I did watch the trailer for Gaspar Noe's new movie it looks pretty wild and I'm, what's it called I don't remember but it's got Sophia, Sophia Batella the the mummy
1: oh okay and
0: she's dancing like in a, like a weird fever dream and everything's going fucking crazy and uh. I like I'm like maybe I'll watch it yeah maybe but right
1: <laughs> Well, speaking of movies that you know cause a cause a ruckus, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to throw curveballs. You know what I mean? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something in my head that could be like this is something maybe people wouldn't pick.
0: Well, the, don't think of it and, that way. Think of things that have personal impact on you. No, don't no, no, be no, no. don't but, be a yeah, fucking on.
1: hipster. Hold on, hold on. But I but when I'm thinking about it, I, I'm this is what I'm thinking about. Um, because I feel like this movie is the only movie I can think of where it's like it's scary because it's something that could actually really happen and that was the strangers oh yeah i i really like the movie the strangers and the reason i do is because it's actually scary like up until watching the strangers i feel like every scary movie i've seen was always like a killer clown or like a killer ghost or a you know some sort of monster or something right um freddy krueger jason or whatever Mm. but then along comes this movie the strangers and all it is is just these people fucking with these other people just because just because they feel like it and it's you know it's like a home invasion movie and it just was you know it's i walked away from it being like man if someone actually wanted to do that they could actually be that fucking terrible yep and that's a scary movie
0: have you seen funny games?
1: Funny games? No. Do what you is know that? what funny
0: Okay, well, do you <laughs> like the home invasion genre?
1: I mean I guess. I don't I don't know if I specialize in the home invasion genre, but Well, Funny Games
0: is a Michael Haneke movie, which is a home invasion movie where these two guys invade a home and they uh, you know, do home invasion type stuff. But the movie is also sort of a comment on like the movies the characters start talking to you, the audience, it's like you like oh. this, don't you? live for this you know and that kind of stuff oh and like it's like not only is it about that but it's also sort of a, it's a deep meaning about like the audience's relationship to the depiction of violence and also i think at one point like they're like you know the uh the the villains are about to lose and then like they rewind the movie it's like no 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 no, we're not doing that oh and stuff so, like it plays with the the film itself and there's a Shot for shot American Remake, too, that came out with uh, Naomi Watts.
1: Oh, okay. A shot for shot remake? Yeah,
0: by Michael Haneke. So he oh, made remade his okay. own movie.
1: Gotcha. Interesting. He's
0: interesting artsy director. Also made Cachet, a very good movie. Huh. you seen Cachet? No. That's a weird movie. I'll write that down the, as well. Uh, yes, the yellow ribbon, white ribbon. I thing, that one, the Palm D'Or. What has he been up to? Is, I don't know. Anyways, hmm. um,. Oh, yeah, that was your movie?
1: The Strangers, yeah. Right. That was my next pick. This
0: is another high school movie, though, and this one I saw it up myself because we were, sele- in, in high school, I took a film studies class, and, like, for the films, most of it was, like, simple movies, sort of, like, that had, like, were really cool, though, or, like, or at the time, were, like, really, like, like, wow, I've never seen that before. Like We, we saw, like, low-budget, like, your most basic of basics, like, with uh, El Mariachi. You know, it's like, this is the oh, yeah. high shot, low shot, like, the most basic of That's not on the list, though. Um... And we watched like Run Lola Run, which was like a little more refined version of that. Which also had some cool stuff with like the, the three repeats and the time and all that stuff. That movie, I rewatched it fairly recently. La, as good as I recall, but still good, still really cool. Good student for students kind of movie. Yeah. And then uh, we watched like Singing in the Rain, and then like a bunch of short films, mm-hmm. like um. Oh God, what was that one movie?
1: Nosferatu. No,
0: it wasn't like it was. Con- like, there was we watched like Unchi and Andalu and like some other movie. I can't remember right now. Meshes of the Afternoon. That's it. Um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and a lot of animation. And then we were like, okay, now take a movie. Just go through Roger Ebert's great movie list. Uh-huh. Just choose a movie. Yeah. And do a report on it. And so I looked on the list. And I'm like, hmm. hmm That's hmm. a good assignment. It is. And so we all everyone had to choose a movie. And so I just chose chose a movie that sounded the most interesting to me. And I watched it. And it. Changed my life. What was it? And it was The Seven Samurai.
1: Oh. That movie, yeah.
0: like, introduced... I had seen foreign films before that. I bought, you know, I've seen like a good amount of foreign films, like Hero and that kind of stuff. Um, Crushing Tiger was the first foreign film I watched, which was probably way too... in too deep for me at the time, because I was like 11 or 12. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's going on? I'm really confused. Uh, I should rewatch that movie. Um, but, um, so like, I wasn't a stranger to foreign films, but like, just seeing Kurosawa... Do his thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, I had never seen a movie that wasn't like Lord of the Rings where three and a half hours melted by. And by the end of me, I was like, holy fuck, what the fuck, what happened? Where am I? Oh, wow. You know, it's like one of those kind of things. Like, it's just such a good movie. And like, I was like blown away but like, cause it's like a movie that's from 1955, but like the amount of just like modern day stuff it uses, like slow motion, silence, like li- li- little things,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how it constructs geography effortlessly. 'Cause like they're dealing with the whole town. Have you seen it? Yeah. Like they deal with the whole town, right? But you know where everything is, but you have no idea how. Why why you know, you just do. Same thing right. with Yojimbo, which deals with like one long street, which is really easy in black and white, especially to confuse by, but you never do. You always know where everyone everything is. His ability to sort of film and execute complex geography without you questioning it is amazing. <laughs> And like that kind of stuff, and like that stuff that you know, you at first you don't pick up on, but you're like wowed by the whole just sort of dramatic experience. And then as you think about it more, you realize this, is and that is going on. And so, like you know, we did an analysis on that stuff, and it was really fun. And that class disappointed me because everyone else in the class didn't care as much as I did.
1: Oh, I mean, that's funny that no one cared as much. Not as Not nobody,
0: did. I'd say, but like a lot of the people were like, I watched like the half the movie, and then I wouldn't do something, and they came back, and watched the second half, and I'm like, what are you doing? You can't yeah. do that. Wait a second. And it was also funny because like I would say, seventy five percent of the class when they, we had to do our top ten movies as our like who what's your name what's your top ten movies and mm-hmm. pretty much everyone's number one or it's like seventy five percent of people number one with The Dark Knight. I'm like you guys, yeah like
1: The Dark That's, Knight's great. But yeah, Jesus like I know Christ. it's like
0: high school and I shouldn't be like you know all up and tight all high and mighty about it. But like The Dark Knight's great. But like there's my even back then I had like a thing like you can't
1: you can't just pick a movie that just came out and be yeah unless no, you've
0: seen that my, my, my still my rule like I kind of like. Figured it out a little later, but even back then it was sort of in my mind. It's like you have to watch a movie one five times for it to be your favorite movie. Right. And if you watch that movie, if you've seen The Dark Knight more than five times, you're allowed to have it be your favorite movie.
1: I mean, the funny thing is, I saw The Dark Knight eight times in theater. You're allowed to have it be your favorite movie. Which is insane. And the funny thing is, it wasn't even my favorite Batman movie, but like at the time I was working at a movie theater and I had oh, access yeah, is, to the no. projector. And so I would just have friends come to the theater after hours and we would just watch The Dark Knight. Um, until, whatever, three in the morning or whatever. Wow. Um,
0: Like, yeah, so, like, it also, it's also because, you in know, high schools haven't seen that many movies, so I'm not, like, saying they were stupid for it or anything. It's mostly just,
1: like... But, no, I. it is annoying, though, right? Like, I mean, because, okay, so... D- d- on a similar note, like, I when I was taking film classes in college, and I was an animation major, but I was, you know, it, it was an elective for animation majors, but... You know, you'd be taking these classes with film majors, right? And film majors would, it was similar where they'd be like, oh, okay, talk about your favorite director uh, on the first day, Mm -hmm. right? And people would go up there and be like, oh, yeah, I just love Christopher Nolan. I'm like, God damn it. Come on. It's because Inception (laughs) just came out or whatever, right? Like, come on. Like, and even the teacher was like, "Uh, really? Like,
0: (laughs) Like, yeah, I understand. Like, I don't know. In college, I probably would have said, like, I don't know who I would have said, like, the problem with me in college, especially, is like I was like, freshman year in college, so Like everyone's like, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, I can't say Star Wars. They'll, they'll call me a dork. No. They'll say I'm stupid. So I have to say Pulp Fiction or something, you know? Um, right,
1: well, Tarantino is yeah another another. I don't know if I college tarantino. student staple. Kubrick
0: would have been my favorite director at that time though, for sure though. So at least I had that.
1: In most of college, I probably would have said Scorsese. That's a good choice. But too. I well yeah, but nowadays I wouldn't say that. On a
0: similar vein, uh, in terms of like uncreative kids being uncreative, right. uh, in uh, one, one of my class in English, we read *Catcher in the Rye*, which I submit is a good book because some people say it's not. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm looking at you, America. Uh,
0: but uh, we had a project where it's like we had to create the soundtrack for the film, right? Oh. And so we would like submit like six choices, which is really hard when all you like at the time is like Led Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> it's like, so it's like, I don't, I don't fucking know. So uh, that was a little difficult for me, but like pretty much. And then everyone would go up to the top, to the class, and they'd play their one song and they gave them the little, little, little lyrics. Uh-huh. And again, maybe 40%. Of the songs in the class where Boulevard of Broken Dreams, maybe oh, 50. Kill me. And so I listened to that yeah. song like eight times. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. I'm like, mm-hmm. And that's, the you know, I mean, here's the thing with that is I think when people are given those kinds of assignments that should be fun and exploratory, what do they do? They turn around and just pick whatever they're listening to at the at the moment.
0: Yeah, and just uh, you know. Well, it's also it's hard, especially if you don't have like you know, you're a sophomore or whatever in high school. You don't have uh, as wide of a net, maybe oh, as you should. Boo hoo! I know. I'm just saying. I I'm, mean, I,
1: I'm sure I fell into the into the same exact category, right? But yeah. still, like, damn.
0: Well, I, I find it it's hard for me because, like I said, all I liked was like Zeppelin and Rush and, and, and like all. Oh, it's like it's like oh man, if only I could use like a soundtrack thing for this moment. But that doesn't count because I not have lyrics. God damn it.
1: <laughs> I think sophomore year of high school is tailor-made for being obsessed with Led Zeppelin. Because that's where I was if at, If you're into too. that
0: scene. Or obsessed with Green Day. Oh, right. Yeah. Depending on what your scene is. Yeah. But at least, I would. thankfully, I never I never slipped into the, like, the 70s were so much better, man. Oh, Modern yeah. Modern <laughs> music sucks. I never, I thankfully just sort of, I never liked pop music, but I never... I, I never made the claim that it was that it was better, or like you know that like music was somehow better and now and it, like it's all music's only going downhill or something like that
1: i mean i'm gonna i mean i I can honestly say though in retrospect the arts mm-hmm. music and the arts. Kind of fucking sucks. Oh
0: no, they're terrible. No, it's awful. And I'm and not about like you music.
1: Know. Even even in the tens now, music is a, it, like I like. it. There's a lot more going on. Like in terms of
0: pop music, of course.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, but, I, I think the music landscape in the tens is a lot different too because it we're so immersed into this thing now where pop doesn't even matter yeah and that's why i think it's maybe better yeah
0: i think so yeah uh it was funny because my girlfriend the other the other week was talking about how she was doing something was put on a random 2000 early 2000s or uh playlist on spotify and she's like
1: what a nightmare yeah "Yeah, i know right remember a hellscape of emo bands and like maybe the last breaths of new metal
0: and the last breaths of uh of like boy bands and britney spears pop yeah that kind of stuff Although I will submit that toxic is okay. Uh, what is the that? song Toxic? Britney Spears Toxic. That's an I, okay song. I, I don't even know.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's the
0: only Britney Spears song that I. I know Womanizer.
1: Know. She says that word Womanizer like thirty times in the song.
0: That one song I just mentioned, or a different song? the song Womanizer. I don't know what that song is.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe that's toxic. I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs>
0: maybe I, maybe I don't know. Maybe nobody knows. Maybe it's a song nobody that doesn't knows. exist.
1: Britney Spears didn't even happen. It's all in our brains. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, the yachts was a weird time. Even the '90s wasn't that good. Some man. 40, dude, the '90s. Come on, man. Oh, maybe I'm, th- I'm thinking of well, it depends. late '90s sucked. Late '90s, but early '90s when you could just like put on your flannel and, and and well, I'm
0: not talking about grunge. I guess
1: put on you know play your depressing ass music. It was. <laughs> I'm talking pound for pound. Pound for pound, I'm talking yeah. like the radio hits, I guess,
0: because you got grunge and all this stuff. But like radio hits, like '90s weren't that great. What do you got like Shield Crow?
1: Shania once we Rated. once we hit '93, once we hit '93 or like '94, that's when it sucked. It, that's there, when it you sucks. know
0: you got scary thing. At least the, the Foo Fighters were you know '97. You got uh, color in the, color and the Shape. Well, that's sure. a great there, album.
1: Sure, I mean yeah, there's always exceptions. I'm just saying in like terms of the rock scene. Um things changed yeah. yeah generally speaking things like the, really the, like the uh, when you look at a decade that had like the biggest change between like the early decade and the late decade man the 90s yeah holy crap even
0: in, well in times like everything almost
1: yeah movies music uh, fashion mm. fashion was like early 90s is like neon orange parachute pants and then late 90s is like hey we're all black and like, don't smile. Mm. <laughs> um. Anyways, so where where are we at? I think you're on you. If we're not, okay. I already made. The, oh, I
0: was did three. So. I was just gonna
1: say, hey, everybody, see the Seven Samurai because basically, it set a um an archetype for a lot of films that you may love.
0: It's considered the first action
1: movie, yeah. uh,
0: According to some historians I've read, um, but like, I'd say that's true.
1: Specifically, that that whole plot. That that type it's, of plot where it's like, hey, we're we're assembling a ragtag team. Yeah, uh, you know, Magnificent Seven, oh, a George Bugs straight Life, remake, a Bugs Life, which a lot of people don't think of.
0: I was fun. No, I think I actually when I so I did my presentation. It's like Seven samurais I like a Bugs Life. And my teacher's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great uh, teacher.
1: Mystery Men. Uh-huh. Uh, that that was a, a very fucked up, weird late '90s. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's I'm gonna eleven. need eleven guys. Yeah, we're, hey, we're going to need 11 guys. We're going to
0: need 11 guys. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I would, you know, I'm not going to say. There's only... Mm, I can't think... Just watch all, Ku- uh, Kubers, all, all Kurosawa's movies. Yojimbo, Sanduro, uh mm-hmm. The Bad Sleep Well.
1: I haven't seen High all his movies. High
0: and Low, Throne of Blood, yeah. Ka- Kagamusha, Ron. Have, I've seen Yojimbo, though. Ron's amazing. Uh, what else? Ikiru. Uh... Ikeru, uh what was it Stray Dog? All classic, all great movies. Hmm. Um, dreams is okay. Dreams is a little weird. Wouldn't recommend dreams.
1: Is that like what his later work
0: or something? It's in the nineties, but it was sort of it's a collection of short stories based on dreams he had. But it's just oh. sort of uh, it's just kind of weird. It's just sort of like not gripping. Dursu Wasala is good. That's a Russian co-production he made.
1: Huh. Wow. So he was making stuff in the nineties. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. I mean,
0: like, eighty-eight, eighty-nine was was uh, Ron, which is one of his masterpieces, mm. which is a remake of King Lear, one of his best movies. He was going blind at the time, but it's explosively colorful and has one of the best sequences, if not the best sequence ever committed to film, where these two multi-bright, brightly colored armies assault this castle, and the castle is literally like a full-size castle that they burn down in the movie, and they <laughs> have uh, Tetsuya Nakadai, is that his name? Uh, in the tower, and he actually has to walk out of this burning building, and it's all captured on film, <laughs> and it's fucking amazing. And the scene, some of the scenes, and it's also inspired Saving Pirate Ryan. There's, this, there's a part where the guy is like looking for his lost arm, and oh. then Saving Pirate Ryan did a callback to that where that guy's looking for right, his arm. yeah. So, like, stuff like that.
1: I miss movies where people had to do these <laughs> to look for dangerous ass stunts. Uh, I, you know, I'd say... Like, even, like, don't. Peter Sellers, man... Oh, well, sorry, go ahead. It's probably better
0: that people don't have to do dangerous shit.
1: I mean, yeah, but, like, damn, dude, I was watching, like, P- like a, a Pink Panther... It was just, like, on in, like, Republic of Pie or something. And it's, like, him trying to get past... A, it was, like, him trying to get over a moat. And he just <laughs> kept failing... You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, the Pink Panther strikes again. And it's, like, God damn it, I wish, like, we had... Tom Cruise
0: st- does that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was trying to get over that moat.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, but um, that's actually another movie. The Pink Panther series is another movie that uh, my friend's dad would just show us, and oh, he's like, yeah. "What the oh my god, these are fucking great!" Yeah. And then I then I incepted my sister with them. Now she loves <laughs> those movies.
1: I I would I watched those as a kid with with my dad. One of
0: my favorite bits of physical comedy in those movies ever is where Peter Sellers is on the parallel bars and he's doing his little routine. That he dismounts onto a stairwell, and falls <laughs> down it. Oh, it makes me laugh just thinking about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, what's uh, you got another movie there? Yeah, I think
1: uh, I think maybe we just have time for for one, yeah, no one rush. last one here. People want,
0: you know, there ain't no mm, time limit on this.
1: Well, I, I suppose not. Just you know, but we,
0: we won't we don't need to go at all ten, but just you know, no yeah. no no pressure, no rush.
1: So I'm gonna go with um, my very first uh, Wes Anderson movie. <gasps> Because I feel like I saw, uh, like I saw this without knowing who Wes Anderson was. I just saw this as, oh hey, this is a movie and it looks good. And you know, any entry into Wes Anderson is like, oh dude, like check out this um, intrusive way of directing. And I mean that in a way that's like, like oh hey, a director is is actually characteristically setting up a movie to be. This director's movie, like you're going into this movie knowing like this is the director that made this movie. They set it up to be their style. Uh, it's very intrusive the way they frame everything, the way they edit everything, the you know the storytelling. Um, and that was Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. which seems to be everybody's not favorite uh, Wes Anderson I movie. Think I've only, there's two Wes Anderson movies I haven't seen. That's one of them. That's, see, it's crazy. Whenever I have any conversation about the Royal Tenenbaums, everybody's like, eh, nah. And I'm like, goddammit. Like, it should, for one, it should have been Gene Hackman's last movie. It's like honorably Gene Hackman's last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it exposed me to, to like, okay, more like intrusive directing, right? And then, and then also just like the idea of having an ensemble cast and what it means for every character to be really their own unique character which i think wes anderson does really well um Mm -hmm. just he knows characters like no almost like nobody else does yeah uh so i don't know i mean really any of his movies are a great example of like again stuff you could study uh yeah i
0: find wes anderson to be like split into two periods well first of all uh, I remember I, I didn't see a Wes Anderson movie until well in the college. My freshman year roommate was like really into it. I think he even had a Jarge Ealing Limited poster on his wall. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't remember what my first Wes Anderson movie was. But I liked his style, but it wasn't really until, and I feel like there's a split. A, he has every movie, his early career, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox onward. Because it seems like with Fantastic Mr. Fox onward, his style of filmmaking is a, lot a little bit different. different. It's like, it's far yeah. more like, cartoony if you will like mm. stylized yeah like before that you have movies that which are stylized but they're still kind of sort of grounded in some kind of reality it feels yes. like like they have well, like cartoon sharks and they have like you know wacky characters and the, this classic way of doing the cameras and stuff and this dialogue and thing. Uh-huh. but like it seems like after that like it just gets a little more maybe it's the color palette or something it just becomes different I don't know I can't put my finger on it but I've just like I've liked all of his movies Past Fantasmeter Fox a lot, and I really enjoyed before then I enjoyed Darling Limited and I enjoyed um well I enjoyed all of his movies. I liked uh Life Aquatic more than the other, which, even though that's the less popular opinion i guess
1: oh people I, I mean as far as I know, Life aquatic is sort of revered as one of his better movies I think it's like there's a sense of like
0: dysfunction in them between the people involved and like in the later movies there's less of that there's more I can't. I have no idea. I can't. I can't put my finger on what's different about him. But is the eyes like him better? You know, there's something well, weird. Can you do you, know what I'm
1: saying. I mean, okay. So I, I, th- I sort of know what you're saying. I, I feel like, yeah. Wait. If we were to, if we were to split, Wes Anderson movies in half, um, yeah, the split would be right after, Darje- Darjeeling Limited, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you would go into like. What feels more like his mod, his more modern way of his, or his, his more modern style of his own directing, I guess, would be would start around Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. I mean, I don't know if I've ever looked at it that way specifically, Um, but it is. I don't know. The interesting thing about Wes Anderson is like. Uh, and I think this is a great sign, this is a a sign of a great director, right, is when you can have his whole filmography and you can have people arguing over which one's the best movie or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like everybody has their own pick. A lot of people love Moonrise Kingdom.
0: That movie's incredible. I might say that that would be my favorite
1: I didn't care for it that much mm. I it's it's like lower on the list for me hmm. I thought it was like uh fine I thought it was fine but for me it was like eh, I don't know like I look at like Grand Budapest Hotel and I'm like goddamn that's probably like his best but then there's a lot of people that are like eh nah
0: <laughs> it's hard to say
1: yeah um of course Isle of Dogs I fucking love I, I between Isle of Dogs and Mr., uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think Isle of Dogs is probably my favorite. I like
0: Fantastic Mr. Fox better.
1: See, that's interesting, right? I guess. Yeah.
0: It's just a matter of opinion, really.
1: Well, because then they become, it becomes... I mean, it just feels much more subjective when it's like a split than... It, it's, like a, it's a sign that both movies are really great. Yeah, you if want People can yeah. disagree over it, right? That's, uh,
0: you know, it's nice to have a trilogy of movies or a series of movies or you know things are linked that uh, you can never really say which one's best. Like, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy, it's like which one's the best. And, like, most people might say Empire, but you can make strong cases for any of them. Like, which Lord of the Rings is the best? You can make a strong case for any of them. Which Kubrick movie, which Scorsese movie, et cetera, et cetera.
1: With Lord of the Rings, I feel most people say either the first or the third.
0: I've heard a lot of people say the second one, though. Really? So a lot of people s- say
1: Two Towers?
0: I mean, not. I mean, like, it's not uncommon, I'd say. I've seen the whole spread of opinions. Interesting. Well, anyways, I guess I'll do one more. Do you want to do one more? Sure. Uh, so, one more. Uh, this one I'll to keep it short. Uh, the last movie I can think of off the top of my head, um, and the only reason this movie really encapsulated sort of my feeling at the time and, like, what I f- what it felt like to be me mm-hmm. um, and could have, like, you know, I, it's hard to explain. Um, but, you know, I thought it really resonated with me, people. And so I ended up watching that movie pretty much ten times in the course of a year, and that was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh. I think that's the last non-Star Wars movie that really resonated with me in, in like in a way that I had to keep watching it over and over and over again. But, of course, I was a, high, a college student, so I had the luxury of doing that. It's weird, you know? Yeah. And that movie, I haven't watched it recently. still really good, but, you know, it is of an early 20-something kind of feel.
1: So how did it influence you? Influence, huh?
0: I guess I like the style of humor. Like, you know, Edgar Wright's great. Mm -hmm. I love watching that stuff. I got to meet him because of that movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, I mean, also, I love... I Like, I also think that's probably my favorite of Edgar Wright's movies.
0: Hot Fuzz is really hard to say.
1: Hot Fuzz is amazing. I mean, like, I haven't seen a movie of his that I don't like, but scott pilgrim i i thought that was just it, it was a tragedy that that it didn't do well yeah because it was. it was a great movie it was a great movie and people have to be crazy not to like it like i
0: i can i can see why it's because well scott pilgrim as a character is kind of a jerk he's kind of an asshole yeah um he's much worse than the comics But in the <laughs> comics also gives him more time to sort of right breathe also but like in like the last book takes his time to sort of spell everything out a little better. And Ramona's really not really likable in the movie compared to the books because it also doesn't (laughs) give her much time to breathe comparatively. So I can see why people wouldn't like it but I don't know. I just thought like it's aesthetic and sort of like you know me being a 20-something early 20-something nerd who loves video games and music and stuff Yeah. Uh, Even though I didn't like, you know, wasn't in a band and play shows or didn't live in Canada or whatever, it just kind of felt like, oh, this movie's like what it's like to be me, you know? Oh yeah. And uh, (laughs) kind of sorta, but not really, but still, like I could resonate with everything that's going on. Um, Right. Yeah. And like nowadays, as a late twenty-something, it's like, well, I don't really feel that way anymore. But goddamn, I like this movie still.
1: Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: You know, it's not a movie I could watch ten times in a year anymore. It's a movie I could watch once every few years. Maybe it's just me getting older. Mike, are you um before? Oh, I guess do you have any more? One more, if not, I'll ask I you, do. A, okay, well, you want will do one more, and then I'll, I'll wrap it off with a
1: one, one one last question, I guess. Oh, okay.
0: Just because we don't have that much time, I guess. If you wanted to be the whole time, you want anything?
1: Yeah, I, we should probably. I mean, we could continue this in the next episode. Yeah, we could. Um, we've we both said, or you just said your sixth. One. Well, I mean, are we including so, my
0: chunk that I did? No. Okay.
1: So you you just so I'm your kind sixth of on nine
0: one. if we are technically counting, but whatever.
1: Uh, so I'll do my sixth one, mm-hmm. and, uh, that would be Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah, speaking of Scorsese. Now, the reason why this is, like, my favorite movie ever... Oh, right. ...is because, which is weird, because it's also the favorite movie of that one guy that, like, kill, tried to kill Reagan or something. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, to impress Jodie Foster. Yeah, so that always makes it kind of creepy, but, um... Just like Buffalo Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Like when when you hear about the '70s film renaissance and sort of how like movies changed in the '70s with all these new directors coming in and all these new actors coming in and mm-hmm. like and and uh, changing the face of cinema, right? Um, I feel like if there was one movie to show someone to embody what that meant, it was Taxi Driver. Taxi
0: Driver is a great yeah great example. It's it's well there's like you know there's also the godfather and that kind of stuff a taxi driver for just sort of i think yeah taxi driver is a better embodiment of the hollywood
1: renaissance right because it's about it's not about anything glamorous it's not about i mean like godfather right i'd say has similar similarities but it's like it's still like a very specialized like like hey this is the family business these are mobsters like this is hmm. some high profile shit like with taxi driver it's literally this dude that just like it's this feeling that I think a lot of people can empathize with where it's like, huh, you know, I like I'm a taxi driver and like life is kind of ugly and like, uh, you know, there's a lot wrong with the world mm-hmm. and and, you know, no one really knows how to deal with it. And and you're just it's just going it's just, you know, chronicles of this dude's experiences within an inner, inner city setting. Mm mm-hmm. And like, you know, the 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 sets are dirty, and the and the language is foul, and like our our hero's kind of like a weird, not so not so great person. But then like he does his version of what he thinks is a great thing to do at the end of the movie, but it's also really flawed. Like I don't know, yeah. it's just there's a lot of like subtext and like a lot of uh. It's like the antithesis of like golden age Hollywood yeah. film. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a really representative of the, the sort of the zeitgeist of the time, especially among these young directors, of like, man, I the system is broken. You know, I'm like angry at it, and I'm angry like you know, like the main character is coming back from Vietnam. He's angry. All he sees mm-hmm. is these, all this, this this scum, you know, <laughs> on the streets and these politicians and stuff. And he's like, I'm gonna change the system, and the only way I know how, which is violence. Right. And like you said, ironically, he can't. You know, commit. You can't assassinate the senator or this uh, uh, you know, what he's uh, running for he uh, running from, for office. Yeah. Um, and so it's like I'll just do the next best thing. while I'll just go to this pimp and <laughs> shoot a, a bunch of people, and then he's Laura as kill a hero. A pimp. Yeah. Which is you know, it's really funny. Did you know? I mean, you might know this that uh, Paul Schrader wrote that movie in like four days, three <laughs> days maybe. And <laughs> um, what must, that. which I assume is also a coke binge.
1: Well, I yeah, I would assume that too. Um,
0: yeah, like that movie was written like instantly, just like. <laughs> plop. I don't wow. even know if he did another draft. It that may be the first draft also. Jeez. Um, so, which also shows that Paul Schreyer's is a genius. You know what movie Paul Schreyer recently did? What? Uh, first Reformed. directed by him. Oh wow! So you know, writer, text driver, now a director.
1: That was a. Have you seen that? Written
0: director? No, I missed it. Unfortunately, I really want to see it though.
1: I. Like, I'm glad I saw it, but, man, it was a uh, strange movie. It's a very strange movie. Hmm. But I guess it it follows kind of the same feeling of of Taxi Driver, of just this fucking protagonist that is just losing it, basically. And I think it's but,
0: Paul Schrader also. I, I, for, hmm. I always forget if that's the guy's name or if it's something else because there's also the Star of Jaws, whose name I can't remember, too, and they're both kind of similar. So I'm, if it's uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, hey, everybody. You can leave those comments uh, in our comments section if you know. If if
0: I'm wrong, of course. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What were you saying, though? Last thing?
1: Oh, just, uh, oh, yeah. And then also, it's a real tragedy because you look at Robert De Niro then and, like, God damn, this this kid can act, Mm -hmm. right? And then you look at Robert De Niro now and it's like,
0: oh. He's going to be in that Scorsese movie, though. That
1: I've been hearing about for like two years now. Yeah. Well, and we'll hey, see. I hope it finally comes out. I hope it does in theaters. Yeah. Uh, um, anyways, the last question
0: I want to ask, and we can continue more impactful movies next time if you want, but the question I want to cap this little episode off to in case we don't, because it's like sure. explosive news or we see like a thousand movies or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Is have you seen a movie since like 2010 that has had a significant impact on you? Or do you think in your adult age, having now seen. Every type of movie there is that you know you can't see a movie that's fresh as fresh and original as stuff you've seen like high school and things. And have you been blown away? Like I've been you know blown away by movies before, but have you been like totally and utterly blown away it in, in, you know in in the sense that like all these movies you just mentioned since you know like you left college, I guess.
1: Oh, since I left college, twenty ten
0: was just sort of a base mark. I don't know, like since you left college, I guess. Why don't we go? Why don't we adult, go
1: twenty ten? Yeah. Just so we're both like on the same Or 2012 maybe okay, that's when I graduated um well for okay, first of all, I would say like the older the older someone gets and the more life experience they have, mm. it is I think harder to impress somebody with with anything, right
0: Well, like I was saying like a lot of the movies we saw had big impacts, so it was the first type of that movie we saw right, but you know you grow up, you see eventually you watch all kinds of movies, and the amount of movies that are you see, like you, you get all the tricks. You know all the tricks. You know all the, the things. Right. It's a lot harder to sort of do stuff that's. You see things that are like original. You see something like, um, sorry to bother you, where it's like, wow, what, how fresh and original, and and a different way of making a movie, like a different look to a movie and stuff like that, right? But like it's still within the the playbook of movies. Yeah, yeah. And like so, you understand what the the the, the playbook of movies looks like. So it's a lot harder to be like Impressed. blown away by yeah. something because you know how that movies can do be nonlinear or they can play with yeah. color or they can play with sight and sound and they can do all this stuff and it's like oh. the, it's even though it is fresh it's never as fresh as you'd hope it to be because you're right.
1: Now. And then also yeah I mean there's and that's a very good point you know so I'd say that there is that I mean the more knowledge you have about something I think the less naturally the less impressive you know new installments of that uh, medium will be. And then also age, really, you know, the more life experience you get. And I guess, yeah, that falls into that, too. The more the more knowledge you get of something, the less impressed you'll be. And then also I think it's harder to gauge things that are more recent because, you know, as we go f- forward in time and as these things, you know, recede farther back in, into history, uh, it sort of filters out what stands the test of time and what doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um but with that said...
0: Well, I'm mostly talking personal, though. Like, staying the test of time is a personal thing. You can see a movie no one else has seen.
1: Well, that's what I mean. But I think it, it, it takes a while to contextualize something in, in terms of, like, how much of an impact it has. Yeah, it's
0: true. You can't... You know? Like, this little thing might have, you know, has huge impact, a historic, huge historical impact, but only 20 years later, you do you see that?
1: Yeah. You know? Um, there's two movies I can name right off the bat, and this is, of course, just, just spitballing, but... Mad Max Fury Road. Mm, that's what like, I'm thinking of. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn, like that just sort of came out of nowhere and was like just I mean, it it permeated our our pop culture for a while.
0: Did it though? I mean, like it didn't like Mad
1: Max the
0: the style had already existed and like it, it didn't make enough money to really change the way movies are made though. Well, like it had a lot of like really it had a it had a big following, yeah, but like it didn't it didn't change anything. No, it,
1: I mean, yeah, we didn't, we didn't see a lot of, like, copycat movies. Like, that movie out came out in 2015, that. so,
0: like, even in the three um, years, I haven't seen anything. Like, in the dark post-Dark Knight world, <laughs> like, um, not immediately, but, like, by 2011 or so, you were seeing the ripples of that, of, like, you know, the, the dark take on stuff. Yeah. And, like, you know, yeah. 2012 is famous for villains getting captured on purpose. And that kind of stuff, you know, you had this big wave <laughs> of things, and nothing has really tried to do what Mad Max did because a Mad Max
1: did it t- better it needed yeah. a
0: genius to pull off. Um, was you know risky because you're working with real cars in the fucking desert, and didn't make enough money to justify doing any of that sort of stuff to the, to the big studios. Right. I think, unfortunately, which sucks. Yeah, but.
1: I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. It 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 was sort of like a, I guess lightning in a bottle. I suppose. I mean, mm-hmm. like it it just. Yeah, it was, like, a one-and-done thing, and, like... Hmm. But it's not that... I I, I imagine if you were to ask people nowadays, like, hey, Mad Max, Fury Road, what do you think? They'd still say, like, oh, shit, that was amazing, right? I
0: think that's as close to a perfect action movie as you're going to get.
1: Right. Um, And then, honestly, I mean, I know it's going to take a little bit more time for people to really contextualize this, but... um, I would definitely say Infinity War. Mm.
2: Uh, And
1: that's the thing. I I mean, I don't think a lot of people have really contextualized it yet. But, like, if you were to go 10 years into the future and sort of think about, oh, like, what Infinity War did, and that's basically take 10 years and, like, what, 19 movies before it and sort of bring it all into this big thing... Mm -hmm. um, I mean at least to me I think like the whole like this the whole like tapestry of the MCU and the whole like complex system they had set up and the timing of it all and all that um I mean that that to me is like really impressive. I think it right? is
0: true. Yes. Um I mean I think the first Avengers probably actually probably holds more of a spot than this newest one because the first Avengers did that first and the new one just does a bigger that's true. But I would yeah. say that, you know, what really depends, and we'll see it, the, the thing that you're saying happens in 10 years from now, if the Avengers 4 falls flat on its face, oh, it's going to yeah. suck the air out of the, uh, the Infinity totally. War, and it's going to drag it down with it. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that, too. But Like, not a lot, but it we'll has see. the potential, you know? Because there's, yeah. like, there's lots of times where there's a movie that's like, oh, man, what a great sequel that sets up a movie that's never going to deliver it. And it kinda, like, for example, this is a weak example, but... The Matrix Reloaded—it's a, a fine, it's got problems, but it's fine. But because it's paired with the Matrix Revolutions, both those movies <laughs> are dragged down together. Right. Yeah. So no, like, I it totally has the potential agree. to be that, and like you know, it. But the, the, the Adventures of uh, Infinity War Two, or whatever it's going to be called, it has to be like, like a big disappointment in order, yeah. to, in order to, 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 for that to happen. But like, it's possible because like you know, it's possible for any movie to be bad. It's possible for any movie to be good you know it's, it's, it's a waste of time theorizing on the internet so stop doing it everyone um, <laughs> yeah I mean it's fun to speculate but like you know oh yeah absolutely the, I you know I always try to avoid like this movie's gonna be great slash this movie's gonna be gonna suck I mean like again just bad trailers but you know whatever speaking of which the new Predator trailer looks really cool so
1: yeah I am looking forward to it I, I don't think it's gonna blow me away speaking well, of which I hope so but, yeah. but at least you know I hopefully we'll finally get that fun Predator movie again that would be nice
0: yeah. Um, But yeah, you know.
1: So like, I think. So with you, yeah. What What do you think?
0: Uh, I was thinking about it. Like the thing, like the last movie. Like I don't know if it had a big impact on me as a as a movie goer, but the last movie to have a significant, to, like, blow me away, like Mad Max, I guess, and all and the Force Awakens, I saw like six times in theaters and ten times, mm-hmm. and like that's a Star Wars movie it doesn't count. Um, was Boyhood? Uh, that was yeah. a movie I had to, after the after the theater. I had, to, I had to sit in my car for like fifteen minutes because I, I was just too taken with it, you know. <laughs> That movie, like that's also that. I guess that counts as a movie that's something I hadn't seen before. But also, I think that even if the movie didn't do the whole filming over time thing and was just a straight sort of we're changing actors and stuff, it's still a really powerful movie. I think, Mm -hmm. and I think people, uh, I've said before, I think people who only view it as a gimmick are missing the point of the movie.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was, or they
0: don't really understand why. Like, I talk to people who don't like it. and They're like, "Ah, oh, like you know, it's just some guy in high school. Like, I've been in high school. That's stupid." And it's like, <laughs> that's not what the movie's really about. It's not about. It's about growing up. But it's about so much more than that. And I don't want to go into it because we're at like one hour and forty minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boyhood was great. Yeah. So I liked
0: it, yeah, too. but so that's the last thing I could think of. But yeah, I was like, I'm not saying as cynicism that as you get older, like movies aren't impressive anymore or nothing. Well, it is. No. In, you know, you do have like the first 20-ish years of your life to really... Those are the times that you have to see the movies that are really going to shape who you are. Totally. Or or unless you just avoid movies entirely.
1: And then you see them later, you know. That would be a shame, yeah. And then you see them
0: later, and then they can have the same impact. But it's harder because then your brain's already kind of formed, Yeah. stuff. Less impressionable.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So, yeah. But, like, that's one of the things when people complain about... I always think when people... Complain about movies not having the same feeling anymore. Like you know, it's like, oh man, this sequel didn't feel like the other ones. Like it not, it doesn't like give me like the goosebumps like I did when I was a kid. It's like, I don't think any movie can do that anymore. Like it sucks, but you have to realize I think that, um, you know, you're never, you're not gonna get that way naturally. You have to let, you have to sort of embrace that, and like you have to make yourself feel like that. But no movie yeah. can. You have to come to it. It can't come to you. That's not like you're It's kind of like you know, it's sort of. People it's, don't. It's happened. It's passed. You're an adult. It sucks, but that's right. It is. People
1: don't want to recognize that them that in themselves, right? Mm. Which is makes things very trolly. So yeah. many trolls.
0: Yeah. So that's my let's say it's like if you want a, f- a movie to feel special, you have to let it feel special. You know, it's hard to say. You can't a movie. You know, you just, you just, it's hard to say. It's hard. I can't describe any way to do it. But. <sighs> if
1: there, I, if there's one thing I, I really hope I'm not turning into. It's the aging cynic. And I, because I feel like that is, that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, we, and we're approaching that age now where it's like we've become these aging, we have the potential now to become these aging cynics because we're, you know, yeah, oh yeah, everything was so much greater when we were kids, you know, oh, everything was so much greater when we were younger. And it's like, you know it, it's important to recognize that hey for the 12 year old out there that's watching Force Awakens or whatever mm-hmm. right it's like that's like the fucking that's like hot shit for them you know that, that's like the great that's like the great stuff right there mm-hmm. for them right
0: I think I feel very thankful that like in college I don't know why but like about halfway through college I made the conscious choice to reject nostalgia yeah to sort of be like I realized like nostalgia's dangerous it is. And it totally is. like, I should never think something is good because I liked it in the past. Like, that was, like, a... I don't know if it was a... I guess you could call it a choice I made, but, uh, like, that's sort of a, one of my... Mo- one of my personal philosophies is this, I don't believe in this. Culture. Like, I, yeah. I think... I like I play games or something. Like, I'll play, like... I haven't played through all the Halos again. It's like, oh, it reminds me of a kid and stuff. But I'm not going to say that that makes it good. It's, it's, you know, and I'm sure I fall into that trap, too, because it's hard, because it's all just, like, hardwired into your brain and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm not saying, like, oh, look at all these idiots with their nostalgia or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's important to sort of, you know, view things objectively or as objective as you can. I don't even know what I'm trying to say.
1: And with that, we're at uh, hour 40-something. We're going to... It's not our longest episode, but it's, we're it's gonna, there. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. But, you up. know,
0: two years, uh, we deserve it. We're yeah. treating ourselves. It's Treat Yourself Day, as far as I'm concerned. What day is it? It's Treat Yourself Day. That's right. And if you want to treat yourself... To some fun comments or whatever the fuck stuff. Uh, we're <laughs> at FilmTestedVoyage.com, FilmTestedVoyage at gmail.com, or on Facebook.com slash FilmTestedVoyage. Uh, we got a YouTube page now. You don't have to like and subscribe. I'm not going to beg you for anything.
1: Please like and just des- Slap that
0: like button. I never like people that do that, and I want to become one of those people. Yeah, turn
1: on notifications, so that way you know whenever we do something.
0: Anyways. Uh, I mean, like, ironically, I guess I'm doing it because I'm bringing it up. Well, whatever. I'm not telling you what to do. And then, um, you know, if you want. And if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, you don't have to. But if you (laughs) want to, I'm Batman Crothers.
1: I'm Mr. Kerosene. Yeah, we don't need you. We don't need you following us on Letterboxd. You can do it. Just do
0: whatever you want. But you don't have to. Don't worry about it. Listen,
1: I I don't want you following us on Letterboxd. Oh, look at this. He's being tricky. Yeah. Uh, Hey, everybody. We're a part of a bigger uh, podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. You can listen to all the Let Me Listen podcasts on there, including us and a bunch of others. So go on there. Go on iTunes, SoundCloud, Let Me Listen podcast. Uh, leave some comments. Leave some ratings. Tell your friends about us. That's weird. <laughs> listen. Um, happy 200 episodes. I mean, Jesus Christ.
0: Yep, we did it. 200 whole episode. No, wait. That 200 two years. You're confusing me. That's right. It's 104 episodes. Two years worth of episodes. 104
1: though. episodes, two years.
0: 104 weeks of entertainment. Emphasis on week with the A instead of the E.